What happens when your alibi is the worst alibi ever? And then we take a look at a topic that's particularly scary to me, and one of the reasons why I'll never use them. We're going to look at murders caused by Ouija boards, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, I had this girl come over yesterday and she feng shuied my apartment. She came over and she's like, move this here and move that there and do this and do that. And you're thinking, why'd you let her boss you around for four hours right after you got off work? Well, she brought a vacuum cleaner and a bunch of cleaning supplies. She could have turned the place into an ISIS training camp for all I cared. She brought a vacuum cleaner. The place looks, the place is spotless. Well, little little asterisks next to that. The living room, kitchen, that whole area is spotless. I got to move some boxes around in my bedroom, but... Yeah, I was just like, do whatever, I don't care. And she's like, can I move this? I was like, I don't care. She's like, what if this one here? I go, I don't care. I go, I really don't care. I'm not like totally picky about where stuff goes. But she she wanted to just feng shui it up. It looks great. She even made a little corner. She's like, here, let's put this pillow down on the ground so when girls come over, this will be a girl spot. And I'm like, that looks that looks creepy. I said, if, if a sheriff walked into my apartment and saw what you set up right over there, he would put me in handcuffs. That's the one thing. I said, I don't want. And I also said, don't touch my mic. Don't go anywhere near my mic. I don't want you even in that corner of the room. And ever so often, she'd be kind of walking around and she'd get over there and I'd be like, huh? She's like, oh, oh, sorry. But thanks for coming over and totally cleaning my apartment. You know how many times I've tried getting women to do that. They'll come over and let me do all sorts of Horrible thanks to them, but ask them to take the garbage out when they leave, and they're, like, shocked that I would dare do a thing. And then this girl, just a friend of mine, comes over and busts ass on a Sunday. Just cleaned it all up. So thank you. Not going to use your real name, but thank you, young maiden, for feng shui in my place. And uh, we'll see if it works. It's definitely it's definitely. Oh, at one point I flipped a carpet over because we couldn't vacuum it. It was too shaggy. Because my apartment is kind of like a combination of floor rugs. And I flipped it over, and about $3 and change fell out of it. I go, that it was almost like opening up a portal to another dimension. I didn't even know change could stick to a carpet, but apparently it can. Anyways, thank you for feng shuiing my apartment. Anyway, okay, so, but let's go ahead and move on to our first story. Now, our first story, let's take a little trip. Let's take a trip to a police investigation room. Interrogation room, that's the word I'm looking for, interrogation room. We are in Washington Canyon, Virginia. And there's two police detectives sitting around. Do cops still smoke cigarettes? I guess they probably can't smoke indoors either. But there are two cops with nicotine patches sitting in this interrogation room. And there's this 23-year-old kid sitting across the table from him. His name is James Michael Wright. Very, very recent. This just came out in the news. So James is sitting there at the table. Two cops are sitting there chewing nicotine gum. Got some lozenges in there as well. And so the cops are like, James, you just have to tell us why you did it. James is just sitting there, and he goes, I told you guys. I told you guys a hundred times. It was an accident. It was an accident. Why won't you believe me? And the two cops look at each other, and they go, you accidentally murdered a person. James is like, yes, thank you. I'm so glad you finally got it. And then the cops go, 
you accidentally murdered three people on three separate occasions. And he goes, finally, thank you. Can this nightmare end? Do you believe me now? James Michael Wright is a carny, or was a carny. He made, this is all a legend, but anyways, he was a carny. He worked for this traveling carnival, which of course is like the most stereotypical occupation for a serial killer, other than just putting on your resume, serial killer. So he's a carny. And people started noticing that he was hanging out with these young women, and they weren't coming back. They were disappearing. One of them was related to one of his co-workers at the carnival, and then other ones were like girls that he met at the carnival. But what happened was he got in a car accident. The cops had actually been looking for him, but when he got in a car accident, the cops were like, oh, now we know where he's at. He's in the hospital. So they went to the hospital and they interviewed him, and they started asking him about these girls that he was with. So the first victim... No, not victim. The first person who had an accident was that it was February 28th, 2019. So very, very recent, February 28th. James says, okay, listen, I was dating this girl and we did get in a bit of a fight. And during the fight, I accidentally shot her. And then I buried her body by my house. And the cops are like, that is completely ridiculous. He's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. So yes, it does sound a little convenient that I did happen to be engaged in a fight with somebody. And then I accidentally shot them. But it can happen. Accidents happen. That's what we all know, right? And the cops are like, oh my god. In March 9th, so what is that? Well, that's that's easy to do. Nine days later. March 9th, he's having sex with this other girl in the middle of the woods. And everything's fine. There's no fight. No problem at all. So, and after they're done having sex, after they're done with the lovemaking session... James and the woman get up and start walking through the forest, and he sees an animal run by, and he pulled, he swears to God, this is what happened. He sees an animal run by. He pulls his gun out to shoot the animal. The animal's moving so fast, and as he continues to aim his gun, right when he thinks he can shoot the animal, the gun is aiming at the back of the girl's head, and he kills her. Total accident. He did not mean to kill her, but... He's like, great, nine, this happened nine days ago, I just accidentally killed someone, and again, I killed this person, this is terrible. He then hides her body underneath a log by his house. March 17th. So how many days is that? It doesn't matter. What, two weeks since the last one. Now imagine if this guy's telling the truth. He's not. But imagine if this guy's telling the truth. How bad does your luck have to be to accidentally kill someone on the 28th? Because I could see you're getting in a fight and then maybe fighting over the gun or something stupid like that. Or you're in a fight and it's a crime of passion. I guess it's not really an accident, but... To accidentally kill someone on the 28th of February, nine days later you accidentally kill someone else. At this point, I would just become a hermit and not hang out with anyone. On March 17th, James is just on a walk, just on a nice nature stroll with this young woman. All these victims are like, I think the youngest one was 16 and the oldest one was in her like early 20s. They're all quite young. He's walking with this woman, enjoying the nature. They didn't have sex, they haven't been in a fight. He's thinking, he's in the clear, he's thinking there's not going to be any accidents today. I'm not going to instigate any way that I could possibly accidentally kill someone with this damn, damn gun. And he pulls the gun out and he's looking at it. And he trips on a log and shoots her in the back of the head. And that's not it. Because then he's like, oh, great. Now I got to get rid of this body. So he throws the body in the back of his pickup truck. And while he's driving the pickup truck, the body accidentally, accidentally, guys, police officers totally believe this. Accidentally, the body flew out of the back of his pickup truck into the river. And I don't think they found her body yet. But so, obviously the cops don't believe any of this. But the cops also have some other issues here. 
their biggest one is he casually really killed three people in less than a month. Three women just shot him, quote unquote, accidentally. So now they're really thinking he were he was a carny, so that's incredibly suspicious. But he worked for a type of company that moved from region to region. So now police are having to go through every place that that carnival's been at with him and having to match up victim profiles and stuff like that. So definitely is considered a serial killer because he killed three women, but he may have killed a lot more. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I do, though, have to say I would have loved to just be in that interrogation room as he was valiantly trying to fight that. These were all accidents, officer. These are all accidents. I totally didn't mean to do that. Here, give me your gun and I'll show you. They're like, no, 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 no. Just stay there and we don't believe you. We need some more nicotine. Let's go ahead and move on to our... Why can't cops smoke in an interrogation room? Actually, I'm kind of making that statement and I don't know, maybe they can. I doubt it. I'm sure some lawyer would be like, oh my God, my asthma, but it's like, that's very intimidating. Actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure they do smoke in interrogation rooms. I'm pretty sure they do. But um, they should. If they don't, they should be able to. Because if you don't like cigarette smoke, BFD, dude, you're in an interrogation room. And if you don't mind smoke, just like, hey, officer, give me a cigarette. And then you build that rapport. So I had to take a nicotine break after talking about all that stuff. Man, being addicted to stuff sucks. Um, But now we're going to talk about being... Actually, that is a great segue. We're going to talk about being addicted to Ouija boards. So, you know, I've done a, I did a full episode, I think, or a full segment on Ouija boards a while back. Not a fan of them. I've never used them. I think either they're a waste of time because it's psychosomatic movement and it's just like a stupid parlor game and I don't care, or they're real and a bunch of demons are going to get me. Like there's, it's, it's one of the two. It's either a total waste of time and it's fake, or it is actually opens up a gateway. And I have better things to do with my time, and I don't want giant gateways opened up. So, I've always just kind of stayed away from them. Like, my sister used to make them. She's not like she was like a wood carver and stuff like that. She's like working for a factory. She would make them somehow. She'd make them on paper or some cutting board or something like that. And whatever. I've never just really liked them. I've just never been... It's a combination of they're stupid and I'm scared of them. So I don't mess with them. It's funny because I'll do tarot cards and palm readings. I'll do tarot cards and I'll read palms. I'm not letting anyone else do that stuff because I get, I know how the gimmick works. But, you know, I'm not going to pay a psychic to do that stuff, but I know how to do it myself. So, I mean, like stuff like that, I'm fine with. Um, I've never really done any sort of divination and any sort of mirror scrying. Or throwing chicken bones. None of that stuff. But um, I, I think that the risk-reward is less. If I throw a couple chicken bones, I'm just making my floor dirty. And then I'll have this girl come over and clean it up again. No, that was a one-shot deal, man. I don't think that that took a while for to convince someone to do that. Actually, she called me up. And she goes, hey, I want to come over and feng shui your place. I've been thinking a lot about it. So I have to keep it clean. But anyways, that, that aside... It's just been something that I've always been really kind of like, because I don't know. Like, if I knew 100% that it was fake, I'd be like, fine, whatever. No, 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 even then it would be a waste of time. But what I'm getting at, I think just by this introduction, you can kind of tell my relationship with Ouija boards. It's not a love-hate relationship. It's a don't-care-or-terrified relationship. And then I read these articles, and I realize 
why, again, why I don't mess with Ouija boards. Why I don't mess with Ouija boards at all. But let's go ahead. Put our fears aside. Put my fears aside. You may be fine with them. But let's put our fear aside. Climb into the dead rabbit dirigible. And we're going to leave wherever we just were. We're going to leave Virginia. And we, as we're flying away, we hear the guy going, I swear to God, it was an accident. It was an accident, officer. Yuck, yuck. And we're flying away. And we're going to Prescott, Arizona. We're actually also going back in time to the year 1933. So it's just everything super dusty. People are sepia-toned. There's not a lot of food. The music sucks. It's a terrible, terrible time to be alive. The only good thing about being alive in the 1930s is knowing, like, let's say you were 20 in the 30s, you would be 50 by the time the 50s rolled around. Is my math right? No, you'd be 40. Like, you would, the only good thing about being alive in the 30s is knowing eventually you would, like, get to see, like, the Beatles and Elvis show up. If you were elderly in the 30s, you were, you were SOL. That would be the worst thing to be. But anyways, we're going back to 1933 and we're going to meet a mother and her teenage daughter. The mother is Dorothea Irene Turley. That is an old name. And if you thought that name was super old, her daughter's name is Maddie. I actually know a girl named Maddie, and she's kind of cool. She's a little weird. But, watch, she'll sue me now. But anyways, so Maddie, I've known modern day Maddies. But Dorothea, never. Dorothea is on the border of straight up calling someone diarrhea. Or Dorothy diarrhea. Like, it's right on that border. Sorry if I have a listener named Dorothea. Anyways, so Dorothea was a regular user of a Ouija board. She loved the Ouija board. It was something that she used all the time. They were sold as both products of entertainment and a way to contact the dead. But like anything, some people take it super, super seriously. Video games are meant to be an entertaining distraction slash art form to some. But some people, like, that's all they ever do. Her, This was her Super Smash Brothers, this Ouija board thing. And she's sitting there with the Ouija board one day, and her and her teenage daughter are playing that there's dust everywhere they have to keep dusting off the ouija board and they're really hungry they got no food but they do have this form of entertainment they're playing the ouija board and the ouija board for whatever reason spells out for maddie to kill her father now if it's fake not the story the story's real but again if the ouija board's fake it's super easy to manipulate people with these things as well if dorothea wanted her husband dead for whatever reason it would be easy to make it go to kill daddy or whatever like that. But that wasn't the argument here. At the time, Dorothea just goes, Maddie, you have to do what the board says. And Maddie's like, uh, I don't know about that. And, and her quote, Dorothea's quote was, the board cannot be denied. Almost like a religious text. A voice from beyond telling them what to do. So, Maddie goes... We need to double check this. There has to be a way to verify this. Should we pray? And Dorothea's like, no, no, no. I have these spirit cards we'll use. I'll use these spirit cards to see if this is the right path of action. I don't know what they were. It could have been some spinoff of the Ouija board. It could be a variation of tarot cards. But anyways, they consulted their spirit cards. And it confirmed that Maddie had to kill her father. Now, her father is milking the cows. At this time, like it's in the middle, it's either early morning or mid-afternoon because it's farm time. This isn't late at night. He's not out of the bar or something like that. He's getting milk so the family can survive. And as he walks up 
He getting these two pails of milk, and he's like, mm, 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 can't wait to drink this cow pus, this unpasteurized cow pus. He's carrying it and looking at how delicious it is. It's all clumpy. His daughter grabs the shotgun and is walking behind him. And he does, I mean, dude, it's a farm. People are carrying shotguns all the time. He's not even really thinking, why does my daughter have a shotgun? Imagine you right now walking down the street and you turn around and one of your relatives is carrying a shotgun behind you. You'd be very, very worried. But back then, everyone had shotguns. He's walking and he sees his daughter behind him with the shotgun, doesn't think twice about it. But suddenly gets two shotgun blasts through the back. He drops dead. And it doesn't really say how the police get involved in this. So maybe they noticed he was missing. I don't think the family would report it. But anyways, the cops get involved and they arrest him. And at first, the daughter, Maddie, says it was an accident. I was walking with a shotgun and I tripped and I fell and I shot him twice. And the cops go, that's a good story. It's a good story, kid. But both shotgun blasts were in the exact same spot. So you would have had to shoot and then re-aim it and shoot again, like the recoil. And she's like, ah, dagnabbit, physics, physics got me again. So then the story came out about, then she goes, well, my mom told me to because the Ouija board told her to, and it was this whole thing. So the police started to think that she wanted the husband dead, but Dorothea's like, no, 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 the Ouija board made us, the Ouija board made us. I never wanted him dead, but the Ouija board told me to, and the board can't be denied. That's actually not a good defense in court. But what happened to these people? Maddie, young teenage Maddie, was sent to a reform school. That was it. One of those like hard-ass reform schools you see in those 70s exploitation films. But this one was in the 30s. So again, just a dustier version of a bunch of girls sitting around smoking cigarettes. She did that. The mom got sentenced to 15 years to life. But that ruling got overturned on appeal. And she walked. Both people really didn't pay for the crime. And it was all because of Ouija board. They blew this dude away. Super bizarre. I would just imagine, I just imagine that they got found guilty and then the appeal judge goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know if she should be let go. Let me consult my Ouija board. And the Ouija board's like, let her go, let her go. Also, kill your husband. And the circle continues. But that's not the only, there's actually quite a few deaths by Ouija boards. I found them in this article from Mysterious Universe's website, which is a great website. But these are the two most interesting ones. So the next one, if you want to read the other four, I mean, there's a ton of them. But these are the two that I thought were the most interesting. Let's hop back into the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to Minco, Oklahoma. We're going to the year 2001. So we're going to forget all that old-timey superstitious nonsense. This is new-timey superstitious nonsense. This is 2001. This is February. And these people are sitting in this house in Oklahoma. And they're playing with their Ouija board. Now, this one, we have a whole new group of characters. We have Carol... She's a grandma. She's 53 years old. You have her adult daughter, Tammy, and then you have a 10-year-old granddaughter and a 15-year-old granddaughter. And it's late one night, and they're playing the Ouija board. Now, again, Carol absolutely loved the Ouija board. This was her Grand Theft Auto V. This is what she lived for. She's playing it all the time. They're sitting around having fun with this Ouija board. And this night... They get a particular message. This story is weird, by the way. If you thought the first one was just like, oh, maybe she tried murdering because she wanted to get out of the marriage. This one is straight up bizarre. They're playing with the Ouija board. And Tammy's husband is asleep in the bedroom. Playing with the Ouija board. And the Ouija board spells out to kill Tammy's husband, Brian. 
family just kind of sits there for a second. It's at night, candles going, spooky time. They're having fun, and it says to kill Brian. And Carol's sitting there looking at the Ouija board. She stands up, goes into the kitchen, gets a knife. Now, Tammy and the the granddaughters are sitting in this room as Carol's doing this. They watch her go into the kitchen, grab a knife, go into the bedroom where Brian is asleep. Tammy and her daughters are sitting in this living room here. They hear Brian cry out for help suddenly. Oh, 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 help me, help me. And they just sit there and do nothing until he stops moaning in pain and dies. So Carol then comes out of the bedroom with the knife and tries to attack the 15-year-old granddaughter. And at this point, Tammy wrestles the knife away from her. She's 53 years old. She's a grandma. I'm pretty sure her daughter could take her, but she gets the knife away from the grandma and says, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go, because now they are kind of snapping out of it. There is a dead body. There is a murder victim in the next room that the grandma just killed. So all the girls, and this is, again, is such a weird detail. All the girls pile into the car, and they let the grandma drive. The woman who just killed a dude, they go, you drive, you drive, shotgun, and the mom hops into the passenger seat. Crazy grandma gets in the driver's seat. They start driving down the road, and almost immediately, Carol, the grandma, crashes the car into a street pole with the intent of killing all of them in a car accident. It doesn't work, but she breaks both of her ankles. She then hobbles out of the car. Everyone hobbles out of the car at that point because it's a smoking mess. She hobbles out of the car, walks up to her 15-year-old granddaughter and is like, uh," and she pushes her 15-year-old granddaughter into incoming traffic, almost getting hit by a car. At that point, the grandma takes off through the forest. When the cops find her a couple hours later, both ankles are still broken. She's totally naked in the middle of the woods. No drugs or alcohol in her system. No history of mental illness. No history of like high stress. No domestic strife in the house. She just completely broke that night because of one message in the Ouija board. And she was sentenced to a psychiatric hospital. And and it's funny because as I was telling that story, I realized I didn't verify any of that. I got all of that stuff from one website. So I'm going to take a quick break here. And I'm going to make sure this story is true. Hold on one second. Yeah, totally true. Just looked it up actually happened. It's so funny because as I was reading that, I was like, this sounds too good to be true. And when I was doing the research, sometimes I get caught up in the research and it's not until I start talking about it out loud that I go, hmm, that sounds a little weird. Nope. Totally true. Um, Tons of news articles on actual news websites, local news websites talking about this murder. It's weird because I had never heard of it. And you think it would be something that is more well-known. A Ouija board driving a woman to kill. Fairly recently. Within our lifetimes. A woman who, by all accounts, was totally normal before this night. Getting a message and murdering a person. And then attempting to murder other people. And then running away with broken feet. And then then finding her naked in the middle of the woods. We talk about on this show, we talk about portals and haunted places and cursed places and things like that. But there's something uniquely terrifying about being able to curse the place you're in right now. Almost by accident. Accidents have kind of been a big theme this episode, but 
I don't think when, I think at the very most, Carol and Tammy and the granddaughters thought this was a fun game that they talked to spooky ghosts. But the idea of it inviting in some sort of malevolent demon into that house that prompts this insane series of events that took place over the course of maybe, what, a half hour, if that, to go from a loving family to a murder. Tammy was actually um, accused of accessory to murder because helping the grandma kind of get away, but those charges were dropped. But to go from a peaceful family environment to a murder, a getaway, multiple attempted murders, and then someone doing what would seem to be physically impossible, running out into the dark night with broken legs, stripping their clothes off as they run wild through the forest, and dark branches scratching their skin. What was her, what was she going through mentally? What visions and things were she seeing in her head? And, and, and the thing is, is like, I honestly don't know which version of this story is scarier. We have a version where a family's playing with a Ouija board at night. It's dark. The candles are lit. And somewhere in those shadows, something is opened. And a dark force, a demon, is crawling through the darkness of the living room towards Carol. It's unseen to the rest of the family. They're just having fun with this game. And this creature is creeping up behind them. A shadow in a world of shadows. And it creeps up her back and crawls into her brain and turns her into a murderer. Or, none of that happened. But a totally, perfectly normal human being who never committed a violent act in their life, snapped and murdered a man in cold blood. I don't know which one's scarier. Because you can avoid playing with Ouija boards and not having to worry about that fidgety creature standing in your closet waiting for you to turn your back before it gets you. You can avoid doing that. But can you avoid simply going insane one day? Can you avoid living a perfectly normal life, getting married, having kids, having grandkids, birthday parties, anniversaries, retirements, and then one day you're plunging a knife into a man's chest? One requires some sort of belief in the spiritual, and the other one simply requires belief that humans can hide deep, deep evil. And they don't need a Ouija board to access it. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>